listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of high-quality content in just 60 minutes. So if you're the founder or head of marketing at a B2B startup, you might see building a presence on like Instagram and TikTok as a waste of time. Because if your audience isn't active on those platforms, or if you're not sure if they're on those platforms, or if you're like, well, they're just there to, you know, have fun and not do business, then you might think, you know, why spend time and money creating content for them? But is that necessarily true? Or maybe is there value in being active on Instagram and TikTok for B2B startups? And if so, how exactly do you do that? How does B2B marketing work on those apps? So to explore these questions, I have with me Jake Hurwitz. Jake is founder of Thursday Labs, a content agency for early stage startups. Jake, welcome to the show. Jeremy, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So let's get right into it. What's the number one reason, in your opinion, that B2B startups should be marketing on Instagram and TikTok? Yeah. Well, I, I think you gave a good introduction of how people typically view it. My audience, my customers, they're not there. So why would I be there? I think that's just blatantly false. They're humans. I mean, it's, it's really simple and straightforward. They are human beings that still go home to a house at the end of the day, and they lay in bed with anxieties at night, like we all do. And they have conversations with their spouse and their kids or their friends or their pets about the same things we all talk about. And I'm certainly this way. And I believe 99% of people out in the workforce today, too, are they're laying in bed. They're still thinking about work. They might not be on the clock or they might be trying to disconnect. But it's ridiculous to think that if somebody's scrolling through Instagram and they see a piece of content that totally solves a problem for them at work they're not going to click on it because they're on Instagram? Like, have you ever thought like, oh no, I'm on Instagram right now. I'm not going to click on that because I'm going to wait till I see it on LinkedIn because that's where I am as a mm. consumer for that brand. Like, that's not how people think. So that begs the next question, which is like, oh, okay, then how do you like actually get people's attention on those platforms and all that, which we can certainly get into. But uh, I think it's just real simple. Humans are on those platforms for lots of reasons, including the challenge to solve the challenges and concerns they have at work. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate for a second and just, you know, Please. push back a little bit. So yeah. someone might say, well, okay, sure. Yeah. They're human beings. They like to scroll through Instagram and TikTok just like everybody else. But even if we're all kind of sort of thinking about work, I mean, I know like for myself, I'm trying not to. And like, if I'm going to spend time on TikTok or whatever, it's, I just want to have fun, just entertainment. If something like that comes up, I mean, I might check it out, but what if I'm not in that headspace, you know, like I'm just trying to chill after a long day of work. What would be your response to that? Yeah. I looked at some data recently, actually, and I, I'm going to botch the exact numbers, but it was something like humans, let's say Americans between the ages of 30 and 55 are spending upwards of four hours a day on platforms like TikTok and Instagram, something like that. And 80% of that time is during the workday. Mm. It's not just when they're at home laying in bed at night and doing their mm -hmm. like TikTok doom scroll, as we all talk about. It's it's when we're sitting on at our desk, maybe waiting for someone who's late to a Zoom call 
or mm-hmm. when we're out sitting at the dog park when our pet is running around. It's, it's during the day. Like there's no, I don't believe anymore that there's this real separation between work and home or work-life balance. I mean, we might try to embed it into our day and we work hard to put our phones on do not disturb and stuff, which I think is all great, but we work in our homes oftentimes. And if not, we still take life into work with us and we take our work home with us and we do our best not to, but like, it's still an opportunity that's there. Okay. Fair enough. And I think that is obviously true. I mean, we all do that, right? Yeah. So another like kind of counter argument here, I don't want to get your opinion on. So even if you allow that, okay, sure. At least some portion of my audience are spending time on these other platforms. It's hard enough for me. And I'll just speak personally for me. I feel like it's hard enough for me just to be good at LinkedIn, let's say. That's enough of a challenge right there. And especially because I'm personally don't spend a ton of time on Instagram and TikTok. I feel like I just don't know those platforms as well, especially when it comes to doing like B2B marketing. Do I really want to spread myself thinner than I already am and try to get good at those while I'm still just starting to figure out LinkedIn? You know what I mean? Like, am I going to end up just being mediocre at everything or is it better just to focus on one thing and try to be awesome at it? So what's the response to that? Yeah. For anyone listening, by the way, this was not a planned thing because you basically just put me into an opportunity to completely pitch my business back to you. Yeah, Uh, go, go for it. And that's not my intent here, but I'll I'll probably end up doing that along the way anyway. My first piece of advice would be, look, if you're great at Instagram, focus on Instagram. If you're great on LinkedIn, focus on that. Be great at one channel. You don't have to be a master at all of them. It's actually really, really difficult for one person who's a master at a subject matter, you might be great at masonry or AI or whatever it is. And like you become a thought leader on that topic on a channel for you to also become an expert at 11 different channels in 11 different formats. I I would never expect that of anybody. What we do at my company though, is what we're like, okay, it's really important that we get your story out there in as many channels as possible because consumers each have their own preferred platforms. Think about it. I know a lot of people that they love to consume content every day in the morning in their inbox through the email newsletters. They love Mm -hmm. newsletters. I know a lot of people that despise newsletters and prefer to be on YouTube and they scroll YouTube all the time, six, seven, eight hours a day. I know a lot of other people that like TikTok and short form vertical video and then other people that love Twitter, but they're all still your audience. They're all still the people that you need to be talking to. These are essentially the people that matter for your brand. And so by focusing only on one channel, it's better than being on no channels, but you are missing a ton of different places. It's almost like the equivalent of going to Asia and being like, well, I'm only going to speak English and I'm just going to focus on the people in Asia that speak English. Well, you're missing a massive population of people that don't speak English. So what if there was a tool or a resource for you that you could speak in English, but then have somebody else translate it to all the other languages that's basically what we do. So me and my team, we basically ask our clients who are early stage tech founders to show up for an hour a week and just talk about what they're great at. And we do all the production of their actual podcast series in which they're going to be talking about. And then we turn that into content on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And my team is comprised of people who are experts at each of those channels. And so it's like, well, you just focus on being really good at your one subject matter expert. And if you're great at LinkedIn, even better, will help you round out 
you know, be, become a very well-rounded creator and thought leader on all the other channels, but like, don't worry about it. It's also important to note that these channels are each changing so fast hmm. and so immensely. And the tools that are becoming available to create on each of those channels are changing immensely. I mean, even six months ago, like my entire workflow in tech stack didn't exist. And now hmm. it does. And in another six months, it's probably going to be completely different. And I'm, I run this business because I love exploring those changes, exploring those tools. Like I last night, literally last night was on my computer from 8 PM to 1 AM trying one new tool for podcasting that mm. I'm now going to implement for all of my clients and for myself. Like, but I, and I loved it. I, that was a really fun night for me because I'm weird like that, but I don't ask my clients to do that. We do mm. it for them. What's that tool, by the way? Yeah, I'm now moving over to Squadcast and Descript for mm -hmm. recording and editing. And and they're both a little bit overly complicated for some features. Mm -hmm. And I, I also decided to order a bunch of new at-home podcasting equipment to better suit those new tools now uh, for myself. So that, that was last night for you. Spent like right, 1500 okay. bucks on new equipment and I'm excited for it to show up. Right. Well, new gear is always awesome. It is know? awesome. And we and... expense it, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just a tiny bit of a tangent here, but yeah, I'm exploring Squadcast too, that whole Descript Squadcast merger. Yeah. Listeners, it, just so you know what the hell we're talking about, Descript is an editing tool for audio and video, and they recently bought Squadcast, which is a remote recording platform, and now those things are bundled, and it's pretty interesting. And anyway, yeah. subject for another podcast. But but, any but you know what? That's, that's the point here, which is like, mm. I hadn't even heard of Squadcast and Descript three or four months ago. Mm -hmm. And now the two of them merged and now it's changed my entire workflow. And now I can help my clients save five, $6,000 a month because of that. This mm -hmm. is happening so fast. And it's like, in order to be creating content on a daily basis, it's necessary. In my opinion, it's really important for B2B founders, but it's damn complicated. And so, yeah. well, don't worry about it so much. Like we got you. That's what we're here for. Yeah, and that's okay. that's me loosely pitching my business. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, that's cool. I mean, it came up organically in the conversation, yeah. and and I mean, I think you you make a valid point that even if you are like, I'm just going to focus on this one platform and get awesome at it, you're saying like, well, it's constantly changing anyway. It's almost like a new platform every six months or like every yeah. year or whatever. So you still that's really hard and. So, you know, all the more reason to work with a firm like yours, you might as well be on more platforms if you are going to seek outside help. So, okay. So let's say we have some listeners and you've persuaded them. They're like, okay, we're going to branch out TikTok, Instagram. And then the question is, okay, how, how do I do that? What does B2B marketing look like on those platforms? Like they all have their algorithms, right? Yeah. As you just yeah. said, they're all changing. Is it like, each one is its own separate universe and you have to have this bespoke method or is it a little bit of that, but at the end of the day, there's like some basic principles that kind of run across all of these things. Yeah, both. And that's a great question. There is a little bit of bespoke <clears throat> nature to each platform and that's at the granular level. And to just quickly describe that. I mean, it's like, how do you format a post? You know, what types of hashtags yeah. do you use? How many accounts should you be tagging in your posts? How many comments are ideal to have to make it go viral? Like that's the granular level of it. And those are different for each platform. And those change. I mean, even in the last couple of months, TikTok's algorithm has changed. Instagram's algorithm has changed. And LinkedIn's algorithm has changed. 
And it's my job to stay up to speed on that and like be on top of it. But at the higher order, there is one like umbrella kind of strategy that I, I believe transcends any platform. And no matter how many times algorithms change, it will still always work. And that just comes down to damn good storytelling. And, you know, newsflash, if you think about it, how many B2B founders are telling really good stories? Pretty much none, like almost <laughs> none. <laughs> and that's the opportunity. And the best stories, like really engaging, beautiful stories, in my opinion, are in the outdoor industry. So if you're if you're curious, like what's a really good storytelling tactic mm-hmm. that can be used on LinkedIn or TikTok or Twitter, look at brands like Patagonia, North Face, Yeti Coolers, Seeger is a newer one that I've become obsessed with. They're based out of Southern California. Outdoor brands tell incredible stories. DB Journey uh, is a bag company, DB with the letter D and the letter B. Great stories. Huckberry is another one. I mean, they're all outdoor brands. So anyway, I think it's important to tell stories in the way that stories have always been told, which is about a hero's journey where there's a quest and a challenge and there's maybe a mentor, mentee, you know, like all movies out of Disney or Pixar or whomever else are like basically the same formula. We study those and we craft stories about the founder and about their industry and, and the plight of their journey. And it gives something for their audience to really be a part of and follow along and to become passionate about. That's what consumers are craving, meaning, connection. They want something to follow. They want to be a part of of an unfolding, an unraveling quest and journey. They don't want to just be sold to. And that's what most of the content is. And that's where I believe uh, founders are missing the mark. And so with great storytelling is priority number one. Like I work with my founders for a month before we produce any content. We spend a month on just like, what's the story here? Who's the hero in this story and and what's the journey and what are their challenges and who's the villain? What's the quest? And it gives people something to actually just latch on to. A book I would recommend that anybody read, and this is a book I actually send to all of my new clients, is called Story Wars. It's a fantastic book. I'm not even going to get into it. Just read the book. And so you start with a great story and then you can adapt each piece of content very easily using GPT to each to match and fit for each platform's algorithms. Okay. So let's talk about stories a little bit more that you gave one kind of example of like a founder story, you know, and and I'm imagining that it's like, who is this person? How and why did they start this company? What were the trials and tribulations that they've gone through on their journey to create a company and keep it going and so on. Is that what we're talking about? Cause that's, that sound. And I asked because it sounds like, okay, that's one kind of story, but that's, that's pretty self-referential, right? That's all about us. What about the audience? Like the prospects, right? Are you also focused on stories about prospects or like creating stories that they can see themselves in tied to the kind of thing that the company does or the kind of outcomes it can produce? That is much more accurate is the latter. Okay. There always has to be a small element of like, well, what does this brand do, right? Why do they exist? What problem do they solve? And so we kind of embed that almost inadvertently. I can give a few examples because they often look quite similar with my clients and and I'll even some that aren't, share some that aren't my clients. Now, I I will use Yeti coolers as the example that they're not one of my clients and they're also not a B2B brand, but I I look to them as, as inspiration for and a really easy to understand sort of strategy and mindset. Yeti Coolers solves a very specific problem for a very specific type of person. The problem is I got to keep my drinks and food cold 
when I am out doing outdoorsy things, because I'm an outdoorsy person. It's a cooler. <laughs> we all know the problem. We all know the, the solution. What makes their cooler any different or better than all the other coolers on the shelf? Well, we can all agree that nothing really makes it technically different or better. And I've actually gone to REI and Dick Sporting Goods and Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops numerous times and looked at the tech specs of a Yeti cooler sitting next to like a generic cooler, like Arctic or whatever brand that's, you know, a fifth the cost or a tenth the cost. They're the exact same tech specs. It's the same cooler, but one has a Yeti logo on it and one doesn't. What Yeti does differently though is it's just the brand and they tell a story about this incredible life that you can have if you own a Yeti cooler that will be enabled by the fact that you've got a Yeti cooler in the backseat of your truck on your way to your adventure for the day. And also the other people that you're going to be able to connect with because they also have Yeti coolers too. And I'm standing there and I'm like, do I spend $300 on the Yeti cooler or do I spend $80 on the Arctic cooler? Well, if I've got the Yeti on my boat when I'm at the marina and somebody walks by and they also have a Yeti on their boat in the marina, well, we both just told the world, hey, I'm a badass outdoorsman. I fish harder than anybody else. I care about my boat more than anything else in the world. And we should connect with each other. Now we start talking. And that happens all the time. Mm. And in Yeti's content and their ads, they're never, you'll never see them just be like, this is the new, you know, 32 liter cooler. It's got triple reinforced walls and the strongest rope. They're not just talking about how great their product is. Instead, they're just showing beautiful, almost like a Emmy award winning style short films about a fisherman, about a surfer, about a rock climber. And it's not even about them keeping their beverages cold. It's just about being a crazy surfer, a crazy rock climber in the, in the most daunting and deadly parts of the planet. But they're wearing a Yeti hat. And then it shows for like 0.5 seconds, they're carrying the portable Yeti cooler with their surfboard in their other hand on the way to the beach or their fishing rod on their way to the, to the lake. So you watch this content and you're just like, wow, I, I just want to live that life. Like I want to be that person that that's who I strive to be. And so if I buy a Yeti cooler, I'll, I'll get to be like that. There's your purchase. So let's talk about this in B2B format now. Mm -hmm. Cause that's why this matters. I'll give an example of actually one of my clients and, and two of my clients that I'm currently working with have an almost identical situation that they're running with. So I can share both. One is um, a company, new, new brand called Digital Wealth Insider, founded by actually a close friend of mine named Mike. Mike is raising a fund. He's an investor and he's been focused on crypto investing over the last, let's say, half decade. And he's become wildly successful for it. And he's he's very sophisticated investor and he's felt very lonely throughout the last couple of years in the crypto communities as a very sophisticated investor. We all kind of think about crypto and Web3 investing filled with teenagers and all that. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to create a media publication and platform for other sophisticated investors to feel lonely together, if that makes sense, <laughs> or like feel yeah. less lonely by connecting with each other. And that's going to include a weekly podcast about contrarian investing and, and digital asset investing. Um, it'll have a weekly blog, a weekly newsletter, and I'm producing all that content for them. So there's really no story to tell if we're just talking about crypto investing and digital asset investing. But instead, we're sharing this story of, of Mike along the journey of navigating a new 
industry and a new asset class, feeling lonely about it, not being able to connect with many people and on his quest to find the people to connect with and get rich together. And that's a cool story. Like if that were a movie, I'd want to watch that movie about some guy who's an outcast who becomes really rich and then wants to find other people to get rich with and all the challenges that they face along the way. And so we're putting together a series of podcast interviews with other folks that resonate with that situation. And we're also basically sharing the day-to-day of what it's like for Mike to build that entire that entire brand and share that that journey. And that's content that'll land on LinkedIn because it's educational. It'll land on TikTok because it's entertaining and inspiring. It'll land on Twitter because same reasons and same with Instagram. And, and we're going to put it out in a blog and we're going to put it out in a newsletter. Oh, and you're going to learn a lot about digital asset investing too, while also being entertained. So I try to always find that triangulated sweet spot of education because it's B2B entertainment because people want to be entertained. They're still humans. And that's what keeps them around. And, and then inspired. That's what keeps them coming back and sharing it with their friends. Okay. That's a great example. And I think you're hitting on something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. I think there's so much emphasis these days. And, and I see this a lot, like on LinkedIn on repurposing content, you know, sharing yeah. it, repurposing and for good reason, right? That's all crucial. But, and I think you're making this point very well, don't sleep on creating good content in the first place that's worth sharing, right? Yeah. Don't share it if it's not good. Right? You need the, the raw stuff. Like you need the raw material to create really good stories that people actually want to consume Yeah, and then share it, right? But it's, so the point here is don't just, it's not about throwing any, just any old crap up on TikTok or Instagram just to do it, right? right? It, it's right. don't sleep on the actual content creation part. And then strategically make it good enough so it kind of is worth spreading all around for people to consume in different ways. Totally. I mean, there's a quote that I've been obsessed with a little bit lately. And I don't even know if it's really a quote, but it's just a, a mantra or a saying of like, it's not about being like, you're not going to win if you're the best in the world necessarily. Like, like Mike from Digital Wealth Insider, I mean, he's arguably one of the best crypto investors in the world based off of his performance data, but no one knows who he is. So why would they ever invest with him? They never heard of him, but he has the best numbers. And so it doesn't matter if you're an expert, if no one's heard of you, if you're in trying to build thought leadership, right? Like, look, yeah. if you're the best scientist or doctor or whatever, the best lawyer, that's kind of a different story. But even with lawyers, like people aren't paying or investing with people because or buying products from people because it's necessarily going to give them the best results. They're paying because it makes them feel like they're going to get the best results. And there's a key word there, which is feel like. It's about creating content that's, I don't think founders, if they want to become thought leaders, should be creating content that makes them seem like the smartest in the room or necessarily the best expert, but they should be creating content that's designed and told and distributed in a way that makes them the most known and the most loved. I, I mean, it goes back to that old adage, right? People do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's it. Nothing's changed. And that... As much as the algorithms are going to change, that's not going to change. That's that still, as cliche as it might sound, it's still, it is true, right? Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the content, no matter what, no matter what channel, you know, no matter what the algorithm is doing, you still got to create content that maps onto that kind of troika, no like trust. Yep. And either it does or it doesn't. And you just need need to be able to figure that out. So, okay, well, a lot of great stuff here. And I kind of feel like, I'm coming out the other side of this thinking, all right, maybe I need to, 
I, I am on Instagram, actually, but I'm not, I don't post as kind of consistently as I need to, but I, sure. now I'm in, I feel inspired. I feel inspired and, to, to, and you to know what? That's make your more story. of an effort. That's there your you story. Like, be honest and real <laughs> about it of, if I saw a piece of content from you and I had never heard of you and I didn't know who you were and it was just like a random person on my Instagram feed or my TikTok feed. And in one hand, you were like, I'm Jeremy and I got this podcast and, and, and I'm here to teach you about X, Y, and Z. Be like, cool. You and every other person out there that tells me that on a daily basis. Yeah. But if you were like, I'm Jeremy and I have no idea how to use TikTok and I'm on a journey, I'm on a quest. And those are really good key terms. Like I'm on a journey. I'm on a quest. I'm on a, mm. those are the, those are the tips. I'm on a journey for the next six months to master this platform starting today. And I'm going to take advice and I'm going to try all these tactics and I'm going to interview different people. And I'm going to ask a lot of questions and I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and I'm going to cry a lot and I'm going to scream at the top (laughs) of my lungs. And I'm going to also have huge wins. Follow me. I'd be like, yeah, I want to follow that. I want to see, I want to see what happens. I want to see how this plays out. But at the end of the day, whether you were trying to sell me socks or some SaaS platform or an investment opportunity doesn't matter. I'm kind of I'm kind of bought into your journey now. You made me feel something, and now I want to be friends with Jeremy. I feel like I know the guy. I'm going to be a lot more trusted, trusting, and excited to buy whatever it is you're selling me. Yeah, that's how this works. And that's all about like being willing to do that kind of in public and be vulnerable about it, right? Yep. I think that can be pretty hard for B2B brands, right? Like you're like, look, yeah. we're doing business here. This is, you know, we're not playing around. We we don't want to look weak or something like that. But I hear you. I think especially on like TikTok and, and Instagram, at least, you know, what I know of them, which is admittedly not a lot. But yeah, like what you're saying rings true. It's like that's the kind totally. of content that people like. It's just like all it is is, and I, I love that line of like, but we're doing business here. We're serious about this. Great. You have a marketing department. This is the formula for marketing now. It is storytelling first. It is a consumer first. And notice how I didn't use the word advertising. You're not advertising. It's a whole different ballgame. This is about storytelling, drawing a connection, providing value. That's the marketing formula now. I would love to meet other marketers that disagree with me on this, which is basically me being overly confident about like, this is the strategy. I know I'm right. (laughs) And I'd honestly be very willing and open to like be proven wrong here, but this is what's working right now. I think you're doing another thing that I think is a good tactic. And that I like is like, you're state making a claim, like you're making an argument and you're saying, Hey, you can disagree with me, bring it. You know, here's what I think. Here's why I think it here in my reasoning. Here's the evidence. There are ways to look at it differently. Let's have a discussion about it. Totally. That is true. That is what I'm doing. You know, so there you go. Well, well done. And (laughs) I like it. So how can people connect with you? Look, I'm on most platforms. I like LinkedIn the most personally. And it's funny, I get asked all the time, like, Jake, why aren't you putting out content on every channel every day? I am focused right now on building the team to do that for my clients first and then myself. And we'll be doing that next. But you can find me on any platform. Jake Hurwitz, the company's Thursday Labs. LinkedIn is is my main spot. Uh, I write on LinkedIn almost every day. I, I test a lot of new content styles on myself as a guinea pig almost every day. And um, our website also explains what we do and has a contact form that leads to me. So uh, thursdaylabs.co. 
All right. Excellent. Well, Jake, thank you so much for, for your time and for a, a conversation. I love your I love your passion about this. Thanks, man. I think we could have talked for a couple more hours here. Maybe we should have I some know. time. All right. Take it easy. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.